The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. Welcome back to the Small Biz Ahead podcast. I'm Elizabeth Larkin from the Hartford, and I'm here with Gene Marks from the Marks Group. And Gene is our small business expert. Yes, an expert. We'll call me an expert this time. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about being an aspiring entrepreneur and trying to decide what's the right business for you. Right. Now, I will say we actually have a really, really good ebook. Oh, really, really. It's not just really good. It's really, really good ebook. If you're looking to start a business, it really takes you through the whole process of figuring out what is the right business for you based on your interests, what you have, the resources you have available to you. It's a really, um, it's a good starting point. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. It's called Opportunity Knocks. And right after we hear from our sponsor, we're going to dig into this. This podcast is brought to you by The Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, The Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers with property, liability, and workers' compensation insurance. Check out The Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. And we're back. So today's question is, quote, I'm an aspiring entrepreneur. I'm wondering if it's easier to run an online business or open a physical business. So, Gene, I have no idea. Mm. <laughs> like, well, you know, I mean, Elizabeth, first of all, nothing's easy, right? I mean, there's no running an online business is hard and running a physical business is hard. And they take up probably the same amount of time. They do. It's, and there, there's no like there's no like quick you know, quick silver bullet that's uh, that, that's that's going to solve the problem of which one is is easier to do. I mean, when you think about all the complexities of an online business, it's not just getting it up and running and setting up your e-commerce site and you know selling your products there, but then you know advertising it online. You have to be a get you know, an expert at yeah. Facebook or Google Ads or any online ads that you want to do, and then fulfilling the products. Do you be should you be an Amazon merchant? Should you be an eBay merchant? Should you just do it yourself? You know, from your own site. I mean, these are these are complex things. And even when you make those decisions, you know, these are, you have to have somebody that executes and implements, and then it's a changing environment all the time. So it you know, has to be really closely watched. It's, it's hard is what okay. I'm saying. Opening up a brick and mortar retail store, that's really hard because there you have to find a, the right location and, and, you know, and, and pay for rent. And then you need to get inventory in there and hire employees. And you might need to hire employees for your e-commerce business too, you know, and then you have to deal with customers face to face. And so I guess if you're starting up a business, I don't think that you should be thinking like, okay, what's, what's easier e-commerce or, or, you know, brick and mortar. What you should be thinking about is where are your customers you know, I mean, where are your channels? I mean, if you if you feel that your the, the bulk of your customers are going to come because you've got the type of business that uh, it's nice to have a you know something on the street um, and somebody's people are going to be walking in that way and it's a community based business or even it's a an experience kind of business, a coffee shop or a, something that you couldn't even sell online, then I think that's the easiest answer. You know, if you are selling a kind of product where you think you know what I could um, this is the kind of promotional product or a product that I, I could sell worldwide like. I, you know, I could have a much bigger audience if I just sold, you know, on Amazon or did it on my own and went that way because I can make more money that way. Then, you know, by all means, then that should be your direction. Okay. So it's not a matter of it being easier. Let's talk about what are the pros of an online only business? Mm. So 
first of all, I mean, you, I know you've got some because you do some stuff online. So some well, of them are obvious, I've right? Mo- slightly monetized my Instagram account. I really <laughs> wouldn't call it a business. You know, you say you slightly monetize, but slightly is a, it's a broad definition. Different mm-hmm. people have different expectations of yeah. monetizing the work. So whether you have a full-time business or it's a side gig, like you're doing with a little yeah. bit of extra cash on the side, you know, doing it online is certainly the, the pros are is that you can set everything up from your home. You, you have, you know, theoretically, low theoretically low overhead. But Although that's not entirely true because right. Just thinking about, I don't have a business, I want to say that, but I do run an Instagram account. I'm a quote-unquote micro-influencer. It has like 6,000 followers, but I mean, there's some overhead. I have my cost of my camera. I've taken photography classes. I pay for editing software. I pay for a tribe. You know, there's, sure. there's things I have to buy. Look at the biggest example. I mean, the biggest company, obviously the biggest online company is Amazon. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of overhead. Warehouse. I mean, they have lots of warehouses and systems for fulfillment and lots of employees doing customer service yeah. and lots of employees doing sales. And I mean, so there's definitely overhead when you're running an online business. So, you know, you shouldn't be walking into it thinking like, oh, I could just do all this, some, you know, on my own from, from my home office. Yeah. As you grow, it's, it's going to take some expense. But but it is easier to start up, certainly, right? I mean, you talk about the question was, what are the pros of an online business? It's it's easier to get started. Um, it's certainly easier to test the market without spending a lot of money, you know, doing that. It is also, um, you know, uh, to me, the biggest pro is if you've got the right kind of product, you've got a worldwide audience um, to reach out to. So we just launched an online business just just a couple of weeks ago where we're, we're offering like online training. The reason why we're, I was excited by and, and very excited by starting this up is because Zoho has like 250,000 customers and 30 million users all around the world. And so I'm like, geez, I can reach an audience there. I never could reach just by, you know, doing training in Philly where I'm from, yeah. you know? So if you've got the kind of business where you're like, man, you know, I, you know, I could really hit a worldwide audience with this stuff, then online, um, that's the biggest benefit, I think, is that bigger reach. Um, but there so are costs to it. What are the cons to an online business? So your, you know, your your biggest con for online, um, which I think people people don't really pay that much attention to, is that it takes a lot of expertise to do it right. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, setting up a web page when no one knew anything about the internet, our expectations were very low. You know, mm-hmm. nowadays there is an expectation when you go to buy something from a site, you have an expectation of how that site's going to look. What service is going to be like? You you want to chat? You want to view it from your mobile device? You know you yeah. want to be able to fight? You want to be able to order? If you're on a plane, you want to you know all that kind of stuff. We're expecting all of that now in 2018. You better darn well make sure that your website does that and that yes. it's responsive to that. And that takes some dough because you know I mean no offense but you know you and I don't have the expertise to set all that stuff up. I mean, there's out-of-the-box tools to help you do it and services, but a lot of times there's custom programming involved and somebody's got to be in the middle of it all. And then that's just getting it all set up. You know, then there's the advertising. The online advertising world is a it is a dark and murky world yes. with vast benefits, but also the potential to spend vast amounts of money um, where you don't want to spend it. That takes some expertise as well. Okay, so what are the pros of a, of a physical business, a brick and mortar, as they call it? If you walk down the streets of most major cities nowadays, I was just thinking about this. We might have talked about this earlier, but like I was walking around in New York, like down 7th Avenue, and you look at like all the, the stores there, very few of them now are selling stuff that couldn't be bought on Amazon. 
In other words, it is, um, it's, it's, they're all experienced retail stores. They're all like coffee shops, you know, Jamba Juice, you know, uh, you know restaurants, uh, nail salons, you know, whatever. Because, um, you know, if you've got a business like that, then your biggest pro is you can provide a face-to-face service, have face-to-face interaction and build up um, a community with your customers that you could never do online. Yeah. You know, which is why Amazon doesn't, doesn't, is not in the nail salon business, you know, because they can't provide that Although kind of a service. Who knows? They'll have robots. <laughs> they'll have robots doing it. But it's so, if you've got the kind of business where you can be, you provide that kind of a service face to face, and that's important. That's great. Mm-hmm. Also, the other big advantage I think of a, of a, of a, you know, a brick and mortar kind of business is there's community roots to it as well. And that's valuable to a lot of people where they're, you know, they're a Main Street merchant or they're involved in the community and you do feel part of something. When you're an online business, you're really not part of any. Yeah. Community. You're just kind you of got, on. You got to like join like a Facebook group for other. Online yeah. Businesses. Which is, which is like <laughs> kind of like not even close yeah. to being a community compared totally. to being part of like a, you know, you're being like, in. so, you know, I think that's also a really, a really good plus. Um, so, you know, and then the other final thing is for an online business is there, the valuation of these things, you know, depend. I mean, brick and mortar is just that it is a physical thing that you bang your you know, the fist against, um, as opposed to something that could be stolen very quickly online, yes. you know, and impersonated. Whereas if you've got a good brick and mortar store, it's much more difficult to replicate what you do. And therefore there's more longer term value in your business. So Gene, if you were a young, hungry entrepreneur, you're working at your still hungry, still an entrepreneur, <laughs> not as young, but go ahead. And you were working at, or you're a 50 something 53 person yep. who's like, you know what? I am so done with the rat race. <laughs> I need to save more for retirement. I'm going to start a business. Right. What would be your, which way would you go? Or it just depends. It, it really does depend on the kind of business. For example, if I wanted to start up um, a restaurant, <laughs> I wouldn't be going online, but if I wanted to start up um, a, a business that provides live training for a mm-hmm. CRM product, I would go online for it that. Really, it know? really depends on your personality too. Like if you are very, I feel like online businesses, you have to be extremely self-motivated, whereas a brick and mortar, you got to be there. Like you, you do. need to physically be you do. there. You do. I mean, you can certainly hire people. I mean, people think that with an online yeah, you business. You have to train those people. Yeah. And it's you do. a lot of work. Well, the other thing is online businesses can be open 24-7. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're logging in sales all throughout the night, which is great. But so, that still doesn't eliminate the overhead of having to fulfill. And if you were, if you were starting a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you probably have some type of online component to that as well? Yeah. So first of all, if you're going to start a brick and mortar, um, be careful nowadays. A lot of landlords are are shying away from renting to brick and mortar businesses unless because landlords nowadays, they when they bring in a business like a commercial client, they want that client to be there for the long term. Mm-hmm. If they think that, you know, you're iffy or that you potentially could be out of business in the next three months or four months, um, they don't want to make that investment in you. And the problem is, this gets back to my walking down 7th Avenue thing. If you're selling stuff that can be easily sold online, you're going to have a really tough time in a brick and mortar business in 2018. If you are a nail salon. Now, if you're a nail salon or you're a restaurant or right near me uh, where I live, there was like this new little Italian, you know, eatery opened up with like specialty sandwiches with prosciutto and all that. It was great. And, um, and that, you know, you can't sell that stuff online. And I think those guys, you know, will be very successful at doing that. I got to tell you, there is no 
brick and mortar business that I would want to myself personally open up because if, first of all, there's no, so I would not want to be doing nails. Look at these nails. I'm not going to be doing nail salon. Um, I'm not going to be running a barbershop. You look at me record, there. Gene bitten down. Yeah. Bit, bitten his nails down to like nothing. It's frightening. Right. So I have very short nails. I've always done that since I was a kid. The, the, uh, I, I clearly my, my hair is even shorter than my nails. So I'm not going to open up a barbershop. I don't want to open up a, I don't know how these people do with restaurants. So yeah. For me, like, but, but I, I have to say, if you're going to open up a brick and mortar business, um, it either it, it's, it really has to be an experienced type of business nowadays. Um, if first of all, you want to get a landlord, that's going to give you a long-term lease. And also if you think you can succeed, um, that's, okay. you know, that's my, my advice to you. Think hard about so that. To wrap this up, I'm going to link to the two, two eBooks about starting a business. One of them is, I think it's called 101 Small Business Ideas. Some of them are online. Some of them are brick and mortar. You know what? A type of business that we didn't talk about. What about those businesses where it's a physical business, mm-hmm. but it's you traveling to a client? It's like a service business. That's also an experience, so like a service yeah, kind like of a business. Professional organizer. Sure. Or, or you're a hairstylist who goes to people. Agreed. Homes. Or the other one that I, I think about a lot is uh, if you're a crafty person, right? I mean, you sell online at sites like Etsy or your own site yeah. or whatever, but there's craft fairs all over the country. Or, yeah. yeah. Or you travel to like, you know, different places and go to craft fairs. And, and they have that like in Philly, like around Rittenhouse Square, they do craft shows like yeah. a few times a year. And uh, these people like make a bundle. I mean, yeah. they, they have a ball too, because they all know they each other. Uh, they're great. And they, you know, they come in and they spend the weekend in Philly, wherever they are. They have their the stalls set up and then they, they attract cheesesteaks, cheese yeah. yeah, whatever they're doing. <laughs> but then they attract a crowd down there. Yeah. It's like a party. And then they all have online yeah. stores as well. So that's their brick and mortar. Okay, so I'm going to link to these two ebooks, Opportunity Knocks, which will walk you through how to figure out what's the right type of business for you. And, and we just updated that as well. Great. And the 101 new business ideas. If you're thinking about this, you really need to think hard about what type of business. You probably already have an idea if you're thinking about starting a business. But if you're thinking, I just want to be a business owner and I have no idea <laughs> what to do. Well, if you're, if you're thinking that, don't be a business owner. <laughs> I mean, you have to have the idea and a whole lot of other things going on before you open up that business. Okay. So this is, I think, maybe the fourth or fifth episode where Gene has actually said to people, just don't open small business. <laughs> easily, easily. And I'm doing you a favor by saying that. We'll be right back with Gene's word of brilliance. Do you want to start a business, but don't know how to leverage your skills and strengths? Small Biz Ahead has you covered. Our new ebook, Opportunity Knocks, How to Find and Pursue a Business Idea That's Right for You, will help you determine the best markets for you to start a business in, how to set up a business based on your personality, and how to put your ideas into action with a solid business plan. Go to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. And we're back with Jean's word of brilliance. So Elizabeth, so my word of brilliance today is mentor. And the reason why I bring up oh, that it's word, word. It's only one word. It's only one word. So we, we've succeeded. You say it's like, like two it's or three like, words. It's like a sentence. Or phrase. Uh, mentor. And I guess I think that a lot because I do. Um, I was talking with a client of mine who uh, belongs to um, a group, like a, like a business group. Well, there's four or five of them. They get together and they advise each other um, on their businesses. And he considers them to be his mentors and uh, loves going to these meetings. It's a once a month thing. There are certain organizations that do this, you know, um, uh, that you know we could link to in the show notes. But um, having a mentor is super important. You know, it's funny. I 
I don't have a mentor in my, I used to have my dad as my mentor. Um, and then he passed away like 10 years ago. And ever since I was thinking of I, people, colleagues that I work with, you know, um, people and experts that I read, but I am not fortunate enough to have like sort of one or two people that I can go to as like a, I, I picture a mentor as sort of being experienced or an yeah. older head or somebody that doesn't even have to be a business person. I mean, a person could have been an educator or a scientist or whatever, but just somebody that's like walked the planet a little bit longer than you and knows a little, might know a little bit more about people yeah. and how people re, you know, work. And um, I just think it's really important to try and have that mentor. If you, if you're lucky enough to have somebody that you think could be a mentor in your life, the takeaway is that you should not, don't limit yourself just because that person might not be a business person. You, you are looking for people that can give you life advice yeah. because running a business is all about dealing with people and dealing with life. And um, I don't have that. If you think that you've got somebody that is in that role, take advantage of that person. Well, I think you you do that for people on this podcast. Though. Sure. I mean, I, I feel like I do, but everybody needs yeah. a mentor. I mean, you know, we all give advice. We all have our own expertise and that's great. But we all, you know, we, I mean, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't know everything. So as we always say, if you have questions for Jean, send them in, leave a comment at the bottom of this episode show notes. We all, we actually always respond to the comments and we actually hear back from people too. Sure. Um, so if you have a specific question you want to ask Gene, um, you can ask me, but he knows way more than I do. No. Um, no. Well, I work in marketing. So if you have marketing That's questions, better. you can direct them to me. I agree. Um, but we love it when people write in and especially when people write in and then they tell us like, hey, I tried this or I did this. That is like that makes our day. So and that please, happens. It does. Yeah. So please send in your questions, comment. You can also email us. The email address is small biz ahead podcast at the hartford.com and that email box comes i look through it a couple times a week and that is a really good way to get in touch with us with any questions comments or if you want to tell us we're terrible and we're giving no advice that you can you can write that in too <laughs> we're probably going to ignore you but i'm a tech i run a technology firm i'm used to hearing that anyway <laughs> we'll be right back uh in a couple days with our next episode which is all about brick and click Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.